Hello and welcome to In the Art Scene podcast, a place where creatives share their stories. My name is Galina Marquez and I have another cool story prepared for you today. So let's get to it. Hello everybody and welcome back to In the Art Scene podcast. Uh, we're having another interesting artist today. His name is Key Dyer, uh, which is, uh, there's a cool story about your name that I think you yeah, will Yeah, actually, so um, my real name is Jordan Dyer, but my middle name is Key. Um, and growing up, it was a name that I just was like, oh, why did you give me that weird middle name? You know what I mean? People always are like, oh, is it like a door? Or is it like a key and a lock? And like, or they don't believe me until it, it, I pull out it, my ID. I didn't sit right with you. Yeah. So I, I just felt weird, like self-conscious about it. Cause everyone else had like, you know, you know, James was their middle name or something like more, more standard. Um, and then as I got older and was starting to think about the whole art, like really jumping into the art thing, like I did in 2017, I was like, I'm going to take that name and just kind of own it and put it up front. You know embrace, what I mean? Embrace your weirdness. Exactly. You know what I mean? Use something that like I didn't like and then make it just its own thing. And it has turned into its own thing. And now I think of it completely different. So that's it's totally cool name. It's totally yeah. cool artist name. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you know why your parents chose that as a middle name for you? Was, uh, was there I a backstory? Actually, yeah. Um, so we have... Um, on my dad's side of the family, there's now I forget the exact historical significance of it, but there was a relative named George Key, and he owned a ranch um, in the San Luis Obispo area of California. Um, so, I, I, and again, I should know more about why it was important, but there's like a historical landmark, the George Key Ranch, that my dad has just always told me we're related to this person. And why it popped up four generations later in my middle name i don't know maybe just so i could use it as my art name but yeah that, that's there, really cool some random history in there that's <laughs> really cool well i cannot say anything like that about my family history so that's definitely something i mean yeah and again i don't even know i just know that there's like those little pamphlets for it if you go to certain places like near yosemite they'll be like go to the george key ranch so so have you, have never, you have never, yeah, you have to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> this should. Is my namesake. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your art. Uh, what, what kind of style of art you're doing and uh, uh, where are you right now? Where are you from? Okay. So um, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm a little bit north of San Jose. Um, I'm literally like in the heart of Silicon Valley. Like if you map out where Apple is and Google is, like my city is right in the center and they're all like surrounding. So um, <clears throat> I live near a bunch of Teslas. Um, let me think. Um, how, how, how does it feel to live in that kind of environment? It, it can be stressful. Um, just just because there's, some, there's a lot of new people moving here just for work versus the people who have been here, you know, forever, like my parents, um, where they were here, you know, from when they were born on and it was like orchards and like nothing out here to it really becoming Silicon Valley. And 
there's a little bit of tension between like, you know, the old hippies and then like the new Silicon Valley money. Um, but for the most part, it, it it's good because all we get the, you know, the trickle down of all of the money coming in here. So like every school that I went to growing up has been remodeled, you know, so I can't go back and see like my old schools. They've all been given this new Apple money and they're built up and have nice tech centers and all that stuff. So, um, so that's a good thing. We definitely see that. Um, but then, yeah, you get, you know, I don't want to use any swear words, but you get the the Tesla a-holes who just kind of like hog the road or like think they can swerve in front of you or look at you weird because you walk by their car and it has a camera looking at you. Anyways, that's yeah. just me. That's just yeah. me whining. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it do to the art scene in your area? Because, uh, I, well, San Francisco is is quite artsy area, very kind of a like free-spirited open-minded but I, I wonder that you know living in the middle of like literally in the middle of silicon valley and having all that stuff infrastructure wise yeah it might be cool because everything is being remodeled um there are new services new schools whatever but what does it do to a creative community what does that yeah mean? so i've i have found that there's kind of two sides to it kind of like you find in any big city um there's the really municipal side of the art where people are getting you know murals or um the electrical boxes that they'll have people paint and you know big installation type sculptures for these big campuses so and those tend to be shopped out there i mean maybe some of the murals will be by local artists but in general the sculpture and all that stuff tends to be these you know good for them but not somebody local um but then you know, more where I come from, there's like the street art side of things. So you'll have a lot of people just going to the streets and using that as their museum anyways. Like, hey, if you're not going to let me put my art up somewhere, I'm going to put it up. I can't tell you how many times I've walked around and seen people, you know, they um, take like a, a nut and a bolt and they'll nail their own uh, like wooden artwork to a telephone pole or something like that, you know. Um, to a stop sign, something people will get their art out there. Um, sometimes it's, I mean, I guess I kind of think of graffiti as derogatory, but sometimes it is just, you know, people tagging their neighborhood or something like that. But then sometimes you get these like beautiful pieces that people put up, you know, and they're colorful and they're vibrant and they've got all this, like they're well thought out. And then, you know, the next day the city comes and paints it over with some, some whitewash, something or other. Um, so there's a lot of creative energy here. And um, a lot of it ends up in the streets and in smaller communities. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, we also do have our SF MoMAs. We have the Stanford um, College Museums over here, which are crazy. I spend so much time over there just sitting, at, looking at stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, and then as far as what the money does to that and, and the infrastructure of having, you know, a little, well, a lot more money um, in the area is maybe in a, in a selfish way. I've found that I can charge what I feel my paintings are worth and people will generally pay for it. You know what I mean? If I get it in front of the right people, 
I've done a few private shows for um, tech companies where I have my art up and, you know, that stuff will move because it's more of a novel thing when you're an artist presenting in, you know, a corporate space versus you're an artist at a convention filled with artists and booth by booth by booth by booth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's at least one way I've found that it's a benefit. But then on the other end, if you're not making the art that those people want to buy, you you might be kind of SOL, you know, and like stuck to doing those lower things. Not a hundred percent, but that's just something I've noticed. So is there is there a particular type of art that those people are buying or what do you, what do you find about this? And then how do you follow up question? Yeah, and how do you feel about other artists? Do they fall into that trap of creating something that would sell because they are in this convenient market? Or do most of them actually just follow whatever whatever they feel like? I'd say there's a very uh, strong, independent, uh, quirky side to the Bay Area where we're just going to, most artists I know are just going to do whatever they want to do. And if people catch on to it and it becomes a trend later, that's fine. But if not, they're going to find the places to sell it and to have it work. Um, and that's also another great thing about being in such a big, um, you know, the Bay Area is huge. So like you can go to any of these little um, pocket communities and you're going to find people who are doing what you're doing or appreciate what you're doing. Um as opposed to if you lived out in, you know, in the sticks in Minnesota, you might not find another abstract expressionist friend. You know what I mean? Whereas like I can find someone in Oakland and drive there 40 minutes away or whatever. Um, as far as, you know, I can't say that there's one type of art that really like, or at least one style that's across the board, but I am noticing a lot of um, photography is is being like the blown up, you know, put like digital um, prints, which are beautiful and everything. Um, but because people will use their iPhones and stuff and get those real cool macro shots, mm -hmm. we're getting a lot of these interesting large pieces of it's like the inside of a bell pepper, mm -hmm. you know, the little ribs of a mushroom and it'll be super blown up. And then because of the technology that it was created on, sometimes people are like, whoa, I have this huge piece of art in my house that was designed on an iPhone. You know what I mean? So I definitely Got see it. a trend of that. Got it. So someone who's from Apple will probably appreciate something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what, what kind of style do you do? Um, so me, um, I, that's always the question that, that stumps me. I would say I do a yeah, lot yeah, of, you're not alone. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, uh, it's like, I almost feel like I need to ask someone else, like, what do you think I do? Okay. That's probably it. Um, I do sticker art. Um, I mean, I have my examples here, so I'd like, we, and we'll talk about it more later. Yeah, and, and I will uh, because because this is a podcast, we don't we don't have a visual, but I will put all okay, of those okay. in, on the blog post so people can can see what it is. 
Okay, beautiful. Yeah. I wasn't sure just because we were doing the Zoom meeting if it was going to be visual or not. That's perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I do a lot of work on. Um, I mean, you can still show them to me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Mean, this is like my my <laughs> my very Ezzardy like colorful one um, with my black line work. Um, then sometimes I'll have you know the longer collaboration ones where I do with other people where um, someone will start a priority mail sticker. And then they kind of have a theme with it. Um, I mean, the one I'm showing you right now is what, uh, my God, what were those things called? Um, Chia pets. Chia pets. Yeah. I don't know if you ever remembered the Chia pets. Like you would, it would be these ceramic um, figures. Like it'd be like Bob Ross's face and you'd spread these Chia seeds all over his head. And then it would grow into like his afro. Or they did, you know, they did them with like Obama or like Garfield. Oh, yeah, Anyways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that's, that's that's like the theme of this one. Um, I'll send you pictures. But um, so I do a lot of work on priority mail stickers. Um, tends to be character based, um, cartoon based, sometimes letter based. I have, um, you know, like my big block letters that I'll go out and do um, with all these other people who do like the crazy wild style of graffiti um out there um but yeah a lot of my inspiration for my style comes from 90s cartoons which is i mean i'm a 1990 baby so that whole decade plus just really saturated my mind as far as the simpsons south park yeah yeah, later on family guy these are all the classics but there's even like little smaller Nickelodeon shows that it's like, I just remember staring at the colors and thinking, how do you get the colors that flat and clean and opaque, you know, because whenever I would color with crayon, I'd be like, there's holes, there's white space. There's like, it's not flat. Like I want it to be. Um, so yeah, I've kind of been, been chasing that as an artist, like recreating cartoon memories um that's that's then, pretty cool yeah 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 i i gotta i gotta ask you here uh though uh uh and uh you you know that that was one of my questions when we initially set up this uh recording mm-hmm. uh, that we're gonna talk about the sticker art uh but for everyone who's listening uh it's not I assume it's not really obvious because like to me it was not obvious that this is even a thing that you are you are creating a piece of art on uh, uh, on the USPS priority mail sticker. It was not really like to me. I, I didn't I didn't know such thing existed as sticker mm-hmm. art. Yeah. Uh, live alone that this is a actually collaborative work. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like you are just getting a bunch of stickers and doing it by yourself. You're communicating mm-hmm. with artists who are. I mean, I I assume can be from anywhere. And oh, you're, yeah. you're it's, passing it's those stickers. So you're sending those stickers sure. out to each other and, and everyone kind of adds to the to the chain. Yeah. So how, how does it like if you can if you can uh, tell a little bit of the kind of kind of a background story where yeah. the whole thing started, or yeah. at least how you got involved, and how does this work? Yeah. Well, um, here's where I get to to flex my art history degree a little. <laughs> Not that we learned about this, but like, this is the kind of stuff that I love um, learning about. So as as far as the stickers, um, sticker art itself, um, from what I've 
researched a big chunk of it came out of um the 80s when people you know when tagging and like people would be on the subways on the east coast and stuff they'd be tagging everything with their names and their street addresses um eventually someone got the idea to put their little tag on a sticker so they could just stick it and walk away you know um so originally it was for expediency but then um yeah, i want to say it was either the late 80s or the 90s um are you aware of shepherd fairy like he does the mm-hmm. obey the andre the giant um has a posse he has these all these very like iconic uh graffiti works um but yeah, you, he, you, yeah you, you gotta you gotta keep in mind that I, i'm also an 80s and 90s baby but i grew up in a different country so okay well yeah <laughs> some of Fair some enough. of it is a new art history for me as well so okay so shepherd fairy you might know have you seen um that obama the hope poster uh-huh he he's the guy who did that okay so it, it was one of his like first projects in the late 80s he was kind of just like a little street punk he had these um stenciled looking stickers that just said andre the giant has a posse and it had like his height and weight on it and what and this like you know black and white picture of him um so what he would do would he would send them to people across the country so all of a sudden across the country there's this kind of viral marketing campaign for obey and andre the giant has a posse um and that was another big kind of like catalyst for the sticker scene in general um and then as far as where i came into it um so there's a group and i'm gonna i i I hope i don't get this wrong they're either based out of philadelphia or uh new york city and they're called the Sticky Bandits, um, which is a play on the Wet uh, Bandits. Home, home Alone, yeah. Home Alone, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, they're the Sticky Bandits. And um, there's a few characters in that. They're um, an artist named Bob Will Rain, uh, another artist named El Toro. I'm forgetting a bunch, but um, they started just plastering the city with their images. And they would use these priority mail um stickers because you can get them for free literally like i have thousands in my closet you can get them from the post office you just send in how many you want they send you bricks of them i mean even if you just go into the post office you can grab a little stack full um and they i didn't bring any blank ones but um they have a lot of free white space on them you know so uh it just kind of became a way to get free stickers and then people started adding their characters onto them and sending them to other people who are into it i my story of how i got into it um i was doing this bird character that i do and i was just doing it on canvases and um you know sheets of paper and actually an artist from this sticker scene um his name's icky but he's not really around anymore. I haven't seen him. Um, but shout out to him if he's listening. Uh, he messaged me and said, hey, we should collab. And that was, and I didn't really know about this sticker community at the time. Um, so I go through his page. I start seeing all this incredible artwork that he's done collabing with people. And I'm just like, first, I was honored that he wanted to work with me. Um, and then second, I was just blown away by this community um, and how strong and like deep it seemed you know 
Um, and so, yeah, so he sent me stuff. I sent him stuff. Um, we worked together and then from there it just kind of snowballed. Um, you start messaging people, Hey, I like your work. Would you be interested in working together? I mean, usually me, I offer to buy something first. I say, Hey, is there something, some way I can support you? And then also, would you like to collaborate? Um, just cause I know how that is being asked for, for freebies. Um, and most people are very cool about it. They want to work together. They'll have stacks of stuff that they've worked on um, and previously finished or are working on that they'll send your way. And yeah, you just keep it going. So it's really, I, I can't tell you how many awesome, awesome friends I've made in the past five years doing stickers and turn them into real life friends where we meet up and find places so we can go draw together and, and all that. Yeah. I kind of can relate to it because that's that's what the this podcast is doing for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I made uh, like, uh, and I've been doing it for a little over a year, and I already uh -huh. have met so many incredible people. And uh, yeah, I haven't See, met like... I haven't met any in person yet because I started in the middle of pandemic. Mm -hmm. But that's like that's the goal going forward to to get in person. Oh yeah, a lot of people. Is, yeah, it's amazing. So, so um, speaking of which, like people are from everywhere, from around the world. Mm -hmm. What was the farthest in terms of distance, like geographically, that Ooh. you have collaborated? I've collaborated. Like yeah. Oh man. I mean, I just I just sent some stuff out to France. Okay. Not too long ago. Um, I sent stuff down to brazil that's really cool um shoot uh dang it thailand i want to wow. say thailand is for me i'm terrible at geography but i want to say for me that's the most like far off like whoa my art's gonna be a collab with someone and they're gonna put it up in thailand like that was kind of crazy for me you know that's really cool I, Every once in a while, I'll get tagged in something like, oh, here's your, someone found your sticker in Texas or Arkansas or some weird place I haven't been. But then when I get ones that are like, you know, uh, somewhere in Italy, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And the fact that people would even recognize it enough to tag me, that's super so cool. You don't put your signature on it or? I mean, uh, sometimes I do, but sometimes I, I like to let my character kind of be the signature itself um off sometimes the the um like my little key signature will be worked into mm -hmm. my the design itself but um yeah more often than not it's just either my skull or my, my uh bird character and i kind of kind of like mickey mouse I, I, you know what i mean you don't have, i don't want to have someone to have to sign disney next to it they just want them to know <laughs> that that's that's a really cool and and it's that's a really cool way of getting exposure and it's a really cool thing of uh like i guess what i'm trying to say is uh, you're not showing off but at the same time you're recognizing people who are really really uh, familiar with what you do right and it yeah it is incredible to get the messages from all over the world like hey i found your art over there oh my god yeah I feel like a rock star for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a short coffee break. Are you enjoying this episode? If you do, would you buy me a coffee? I would really appreciate it. 
The link is in the show notes and on our website intheartscene.com. Thank you for your support. The question that I have from here is, is uh, like people display those stickers somehow. So there's a, like a, the end point of the collaboration and then it's being displayed somewhere or they're how's like, how do, how do other people see that? Get to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I will say a lot of, a lot of people getting to see them is through the Instagram and, and reposting and stuff. Um, there are several touring art shows. There's one called um, going postal that um, does different iterations throughout the year where you send them in, um, you know, your postal label stickers, they create these huge, you know, door size frames where they put up individual stickers all side by side by side. And they create, they take over little art spaces um, across the country, um, at least, at least West coast and East coast where they'll display rooms and rooms full of these stickers. Um, but I think the more organic and I guess the more desired thing within the community would be that when something is finished or whenever someone decides it's finished, because I've, I've sent out stickers that I started the collab, you know, four years ago. And even like now I'll get tagged in something and suddenly 15 people are added to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow. so you guys still don't think it's done yet. That's fine. Keep it going. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Some people will keep them. I've had, I'm six foot seven and I've had collabs that I can hold over and above my head they're that tall um but yeah so i guess the ideal thing would be that when it's finished someone goes and finds a nice shady dry spot and <laughs> just pastes it up and and leaves it there i mean if they could get in there with some mod podge and seal it down that'd be great but that's not usually the case <laughs> so wow. yeah hopefully it goes up in the street for people to see you know? Wow. Wow. It's, it's so interesting to uh, kind of let your art out in the world and then, and then watch the, like the life cycle of it, how it's like, how it's progressing and going through other artists and, and yeah. And like you, at this point, you kind of let, let go of your creative um, authority oh, yeah. and let it be and, and evolve into whatever, whatever yeah. it will evolve with yeah. other people involved. So with that's the nature. Of it, you kind of have to when you draw something, you can't, you can't like you can put your heart into it, but you can't hold on to it with your heart and say, like, this is my pride and joy. Please don't mess this up. You just have to say, I trust the community. I trust the people that are gonna be in front of me with this and that they'll do the right things with it, you know. This is a very interesting standpoint from I, I and I don't know. I might, I might have told you before, or in the group where where we communicate with all together with other artists, that I'm geeking on psychology quite a bit. And mm -hmm. uh, so one of the thing in on this podcast that I do is I'm kind of collecting you know different perspectives and different mindsets of different artists, and and trust me, they all are like a hundred percent different from one another. Yeah. Uh, but in the way you kind of can find that little thing that you can relate to. So I have spoken with many artists who who are a little bit like not a little bit, a lot different. They have different mindset about that. So this is mm -hmm. this is my baby. 
I'm nurturing it. They, a lot of them have a hard time letting go. This is why uh, many artists are not selling their originals. They're doing prints because originals, like I have no, I have no storage, but I'm going to store them for as long as I'm alive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that kind part. of stuff. So yeah. in this situation, it's a, it's a uh, 180 degree opposite thing, right? So how, how does this feel that like in terms of your creative, I, I don't know if you can call it creative pride, um, uh, creative control mm -hmm. uh, when when you have to let it go and you have to go with the community and what what does community uh, do to you in terms of how you feel as like in yourself within yourself mm -hmm. as an artist so what, yeah. what, what does that do to you um it's a good question let me let me think for a second um you know at the beginning i would say there was more concern of i i I took this piece, especially when you get a collaborative piece, if you like really respect the artist before you that you got it from, I know a lot of people are, will say they don't even do collaborations because they're so nervous about laying down that first ink stroke, you know, which I also think plays into why I'm now so confident when I do send them, because I know people have that respect. Like they, they don't want to just get in there and scribble and go, Oh no, I messed up. Like, they want to really have an idea in their head before they even lay anything down. Um, and again, I think that's just, that comes from respect. And that's where like me releasing that agency of where this piece is going to go and um, who's going to draw on it and in what style, that, that's where I've found myself comfortable releasing a lot of that control over my art. Um, and I do have a lot of, you know, individual pieces that I, that I make for myself, um, print out my own individual stickers and everything like that. So I can get kind of, you know, the volume, um, for, for marketing myself. Um, but as far as how that has affected me as an artist within the community, I've actually gained a lot of perspective on myself, um, because of that. I'm trying to think of how to word it. Um, it's funny if you stay in anything for longer than I'd say three plus years, you tend to be like an OG at that thing. Like if you're at a job for like three plus years, they're like, oh, you know, there's, uh, Jordan. He like, he knows how all the ropes go, go to him. He knows how, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. we don't have to control him. It's kind of that thing. Um, and I've found that also within doing the stickers like i used to worry myself a lot more about who i was communicating with and if this thing was going to work out and whatnot um sorry i'm moving around i hear my leg fell asleep um but yeah i just find myself um getting a lot of love from people and finding new little connections that I'm making with people. And it just really fulfills me so that when I am creating my art, it doesn't necessarily feel like, like, I feel like I have that whole community at my side and behind my back. You know what I mean? So can you, can you tell that you, uh, you gain more confidence and it kind of uh, negates your uh, imposter syndrome if you ever had it? I, I don't, oh, know, yeah, if you, I, I don't yeah. know if you did. 
Yeah, no, because that guy reached out to me and I had no idea about the sticker community, I, I definitely had a big sense of Im- imposter syndrome, you know, and even now when I go set up at markets and stuff like that, I do feel more like an imposter um, just because there tends to be a lot of, I hate to make this differentiation, but like fine art versus, you know, more like street art or whatever. Um <sighs> Oh, I lost the question. I'm so sorry. Oh, giving me more confidence. Confidence. Um, Yes, it absolutely has. Um, Just the fact that there's been people I've reached out to that I thought you're, you're going to blow me off. Like, not in a rude way, but like, I know you got a lot going on, but people have reached back out to me and said that they equally admire my work and they want to work together. And I'm just like, whoa, like maybe, maybe I don't have to have so much worry. I mean, of course, I think it's natural. And I do think it's healthy for artists to have worry about the relevancy of what they're doing, because if you just completely ignore it, you're missing out on a human aspect of, of art in the community. But um, I definitely feel more confident in acting like my visions versus trying to mimic someone else's, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily worry about fitting my style in. I just understand that within the community, my work has its place and it's solid right now. No, well, it sounds like a great support system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I And I try to pump love back into it as much as I can. Um, I try to repost all my friends, like my favorite artists, people I'm in, in communication with. I really try to breathe life back into it, you know, um, as much as it did to me. So for how long have you been doing sticker art? Um, sticker art like this, the since 2017 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, honestly, o- you're OG. Big yeah, time. yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I was going to say, because I've been doing it for five years. Now people are like, oh, man, like, Key, you've been around since I did my first sticker. And maybe that was them being a freshman in high school. And now they're a freshman in college. And those are monumental five years versus me like I went from being 27 to now I'm about to be 32 you know it's a little bit different I can stick with something for five years and it's not like oh my god it's been five years um but yeah like there's obviously there's I'm not saying you know I'm not claiming any crowns or anything within my community but like just the the sense of respect I get and the sense of um my sense of responsibility for the community I definitely feel like I want to put out the right vibes. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, and one thing I want to comment on is that I hate or I very much dislike gatekeeping because I know there's people who, you know, you hear about other artist mm-hmm. stories and they'll say, Hey, I reached out to so-and-so and they just talked trash about my art and said they would never work with me or gave me some sort of, you know, rude dismissal dismissive answer um and that really bums me out and and a certain part of that comes from there is a subset within the sticker community because there's overlap with the graffiti community and some of those people can be really you know tough guys tough girls where you're not like yeah, if you're not out in the streets spray painting and do doing like 
you know, vandalizing stuff, then you shouldn't even be putting a sticker up on a stop sign. You know what I mean? So you do run into that. And I totally think it's unnecessary. And that's why I'm so grateful that like, there is the separate communities. Um, but unfortunately, I've seen some people really like tank their own um, what's the word uh, desire to be in the stick community because of a bad response from someone they wanted to work with. I see. Well, I, ha I have another question. Um, since uh, priority mail stickers are now kind of a primary substrate that you and the, uh, the whole community is working on, uh, have you ever heard or suspected or in any way got in touch with the United States Postal Services that, I mean, are they aware that those things are going on? Oh my gosh. Are they trying to communicate with artists about it? How do they feel about it? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> or do they, do they feel like this is a vandalism, just like this graffiti for some people? Or do they support it? If they, you know, if they even know. It, it's funny. Like, they definitely know. Um, because over the past few years, they started out putting out um in their office but if you go into the post office they put out less and less of the actual priority mail stickers um that people are going for and then also between 2006 and 2008 um when there was a big surge in sticker art they changed the adhesive on the back of them to be less adhesive Oh. It used to, they used to be like you stick it to something and it's not coming off it's going to like chip away and be like that kind of irritating but then between 2006 and 2008 they made it so it's a lighter adhesive that'll come off a lot easier so they're definitely aware and they're like playing that little battle you know um but there's also been times where i walked into um a post office to send something and i said oh i'm sending my friends some stickers and you know the guy behind the counter uh you know um he he looked at his coworker. he said he said oh be careful this is one of the guys that draws on our stickers <laughs> like he, you know what i mean like he was very aware of it like so watch out for this kid and i was like hey <laughs> you know um so yeah i mean I've, I've never run into any like legal issues or anything like that but um yeah, I think it probably depends on the person you run into. This the guy, that particular guy clearly appreciated it and like knew, you know what I mean, and saw uh -huh. the merits of it. But probably also depends on what kind of sticker art you run into. You know, I think here in San Francisco Bay Area, we get a lot of um, and especially if you go to like Seattle and Portland, you'll see a lot more like positive or a, a larger variety of um sticker art. Versus some places, you know, if you're in the middle of somewhere, you might just see someone's name on a hello, my name is sticker. And mm -hmm. then you're like, that's not art for me. And then that might paint your whole view of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, in general, the response is, is good. People are interested. They're interested in the format. They're, you know, they're just interested in the ingenuity, I guess, which is something I've always appreciated about it. Like my supplies are free from the post office. You know, I so I can spend more money on my paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because I I, I feel like there is a potential for um, some kind of a collaboration slash 
um, campaign with with the official U- U.S. Postal Service, uh, like support artists, artists support USPS, USPS supports artists, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's interesting because um, I've known individual artists that will, will, will kind of recreate the, the look, you know, on Photoshop of one of the priority mail stickers, but they'll like, put their name in it or put different words where it says mm-hmm. priority mail and stuff and just kind of use the the template. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that would be awesome if they did like an official one, you know what I mean? Have, have a specific artist write out the priority mail thing and then use that as the design for a while. Kind of oh, like, and then, yeah, they do, they do it with artists for, for um, uh, the stamps. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, they do stamp series all the time. Why not do a sticker series? I mean, yeah, exactly. So, specific. okay, yeah. let's put it out in the universe. Yes. Uh, let's find Post someone. <laughs> yeah, let's find someone. Uh, so, whoever is listening who has connections in the USPS, uh, share this episode with them, please, because we yeah. need to start that going because this yeah. is, this is going to be a cool thing. Yeah, let's work. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> cool awesome so we are at the top of the hour already oh wow yeah yeah is there anything in particular that you wanted to share today on a podcast that i didn't ask you um i guess one thing i always like whenever i have a platform is, is i like to mention mental health i like to mention that um it Art is a great way to express yourself. And if you have mental health issues, which, you know, most of us do, and I'm not putting that on anyone, um, art is a great way to find communities to release some of the pressure you're feeling. Um, You may not know me, but you can always, people can always feel free to reach out to me. Um, And I don't, I always want to push that mental health issues are normal. Um, I especially work within the men's mental health, um, field. So I always like to push that, um, that, yeah, people should not be afraid or ashamed of their feelings, but feel free to reach out to people. And again, if you don't know anyone, now, you know, me, feel free to reach out. I'm totally with you on that. And I think if we, if we continue this conversation, we can talk for another couple hours for sure, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to ask you, why is it so important? Why mental health is, is such an important topic for you? Um, you know, growing up, um, not that I had a terrible uh, upbringing, but as I get older, I look back and I say, I realize that me having a sleepless night as an eight-year-old was anxiety. And me uh, not being able to speak in front of class and having wet hands all the time was anxiety and then me not being able to talk about that to other people or people making fun of me for it um led me to having depression and you know and disconnecting myself in certain ways from people um that now only when I'm you know entering my 30s and I'm able to go back and and realize that my body and brain were just responding to things and I wasn't taking it on myself to help myself in those ways um, yeah and, and as an eight-year-old you probably you know you don't you don't have you don't have a knowledge and you don't have a language to talk about right right you just think like oh i couldn't sleep last night and my brain wouldn't shut off and now you know i i totally realize it i've and within the men's he- mental health world i 
I, throughout my whole life, I've had male friends say to me that they can't tell, speak to people about the things they speak about to me, or that I'm the only one that they've spoken to about things like this, you know? And I was raised by very strong women. So I've always, you know, not that women are only emotional. I don't mean that, but I've always been very okay with sharing my emotions, crying to my mom, crying to my um, grandma, anything like that. So I feel like I bring that to people and it surprises me that they don't have that. And that's what really made me realize I, I need to push for this. I want this to be something I, I push on every, every time I get a chance because it's insidious. Everyone deals with it. You know, I, the, the most well put together, financially successful looking, you know, people I know, like they're a mess inside. And I'm like, whoa, you're just very high functioning at your job, but you're still, you know, not happy down in the dumps, you know, like I can get, um, I just have a harder time hiding it, you know? Um, so yeah, it's become very important to me. Um, yeah, especially in the past decade or so. People warn you about your teenage years, but nobody warned me about my 20s, you know, <laughs> and those were up. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, I am. I'm totally with you on that. And I uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, mostly in a Western society uh, for a man uh, being able to show their vulnerability uh, and emotions is kind of carries still carries a sort of a stigma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, uh, I, I don't know, I have many theories about that. <laughs> and th just this morning, I spoke with my friend about it, that I guess society is structured the way that, you know, with, with the outlook on the bigger picture, like how the mass of people is functioning together and communicating together, but there is no emphasis on the, on the, like a very personal level on the individual. Right. right. So we are growing up without without being able to discuss those things without being given the opportunity to learn more about ourselves or uh, given the tools to to process those things and uh, a lot of us who are I, I i consider myself lucky and i consider like people like you lucky when mm -hmm. in your 20s you start actually asking questions about what's going on with me and opening doors for yourself like by seeking help or yeah, trying to trying to gain a little bit more awareness of what is actually going on with me, how it's affecting me, how it's affecting people around me, how it's affecting my relationships, how it's affecting my community. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. it's a and as I said, we can we can talk for another couple hours right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you yeah yeah it's it, it's been it's been a treat yeah it flew by Jeez. absolutely absolutely <laughs> as it always does i i it's it's always a surprise for me like okay what i'm gonna talk to this person for the whole hour i have yeah. one question and that one question kind of unwraps itself into a whole interesting conversation yeah there That's you go awesome. yeah well, thank you so much key and uh i will see you next time in the art scene all right. Bye. It has been another episode of In the Art Scene podcast. If you liked today's conversation, 
please give us a good review on Apple and go listen to other great stories. Check out our website intheartscene.com or follow us on Instagram at intheartscene for more content. If you are a creative and you want to share your story, shoot us a message from the website or DM us on Instagram. Look forward to seeing you next time in the art scene.